0: beautiful um, hi everybody hi. How's everyone going yeah. that's good um, so the question that Alim asked me was what are my hopes for 2017 um, I think for me to be able to answer that I kind of have to begin by saying um, at the end of 2016 I felt like things were just in a really bad place like, I just feel like all around the world, things were just not really in a way that they were meant to be. Um, it just seems to me like all over the world, like people are um, becoming more polarized. Uh, it feels like there's this really strong us versus them ideology that people are really um, trying to, uh, like really getting behind. Um, the US election, like Brexit, just all those types of things. just I just got really down, like at the end of 2016. Um, even just um, at home here in Australia, with uh, rising support for how our government treats asylum seekers and and popularity of like parties like One Nation and things like that. Like I just thought at the end of 2016, this is just not the way it's supposed to be. This is just not where I thought we would be then. Like I felt we'd actually. Lost a lot of stuff, and I guess I was a bit scared that those things seemed quite irredeemable like, we're never going to get that back. This is just the road we're on now. Um, so, my hope for 2017 is actually that at the end of this year, at the end of 2017, um, I'd be able to look back and kind of just see that despite all of that stuff, despite what's happened and despite all the terrible things happening across the world my hope is that I'd be able to look back and see that God had still worked in this world and that God had still used his people to spread his kingdom throughout this world. Um, I'd like to see that despite the racism and the the misogyny and the xenophobia and, and all of that type of stuff and, and the greed and the the powerful people like exploiting the 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 weaker people like i'd like to think despite that stuff god will still be acting and he'll still be using his people and he'll be doing good things um so that's my hope for 2017 i think the reason that i feel like i can hold on to that hope even though sometimes it feels like it's it's it things do seem quite bleak to me things do seem quite hopeless i think the reason i can hold on to that hope is I just have to be reminded that we're a people of a crucified God like when I think of Jesus and I think of him on the cross like that was just him and everything just seemed lost everything just seemed completely shattered it seemed like all hope was lost it seemed like like everything good was defeated but that was the very moment that actually not despite the defeat but because of the defeat God achieved victory and he he brought hope and he brought life and 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 he brought inclusion and he brought forgiveness and he brought peace and he brought all of those beautiful things at the very moment that it that it looked like everything was just lost and so I think We're a people of a God who doesn't win by using his power. We're a people of a God who is victorious through defeat. And so when we get to places like now, and I just see everything is a mess all around us, and I just feel like there is no hope, I think that's the one thing that I get to cling on to. That's the one thing it makes me feel. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it's bleak. Yes, it absolutely looks hopeless and, and, and despairing. But I don't think it's the end of the road. I think this is the context in which we see the kingdom of God shine. Mm-hmm. And so it's my hope for 2017 that at the end of this year, I'll be able to look back and actually see that a little bit, and actually see, yeah, God actually did some really wonderful, really beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Leon. I'm going to invite
1: Joe. Come and share with us. So last week, Aline might have mentioned that I'd written on my Instagram that my hope um, for 2017 was to be light, fresh, and unburdened. Um, and those three words sound very pretty, and um, that's why I put them on my Instagram for them <laughs> likes. <laughs> um, but then I realised, what does that even mean? Like, does that? What does that mean in like context? What does that mean? for my life, and what does that mean for like our lives, and for our relationship with God. Um, and I got thinking about that, and um, I just wanted to tell you guys like a little story. Um, about two years ago, um, I went to Nepal um, to visit my sister who was living there. And um, when I was in Nepal, what do you do in Nepal? You go trekking. Um, as someone that like l- hates walking so much, like I, just, I really hate it. <laughs> I like choose a lift every time. Um, I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, let's hike up the Himalayan mountain range <laughs> for nine days. Like I, I get puffed like sitting down. So. <laughs> it's it's bad. Um, but you know, you're in Nepal. You gotta you gotta go hiking. So I went hiking. Um, day one was 3,500 steps Um, (laughs) and I had to dig really deep and I I just kind of lost it because I hate walking I I was walking and I was walking very steeply uphill and I was realizing you know I I might not make it to you know the end (laughs) I just kind of want to sit down here and and not move Um, it was very defeated Uh, day two came around it was even worse than like day one Um, There's more steps and my body was like absolutely wrecked from day one and very painful very sore very unpleasant very beautiful, but it was kind of overshadowed by the by the pain and suffering of climbing a mountain Um, and I just really recall like in my head the whole time, I was thinking, man, this uh, this is like so hard, this sucks, my feet hurt, I've got like blisters, my legs hurt, my butt hurts, my like whole body is hurting right now. Um, And this just this story was like running through my head the whole time, like I'm in a lot of pain, this hurts, like this is beautiful, but this hurts, like just this constant narration in my head. I was almost like narrating, like this experience of walking through the Himalayas and it wasn't good. Like my narration was very negative negative. Um, and yeah. And so we got to about day four. I don't know even know how I was still alive by this point because I was just in immense <laughs> amount of pain. Um, and we were walking uh, alongside a Sherpa um, who was guiding us because um, we had no idea where we were going. So we hired this man. He's a he was an illegitimate shepherd, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and his name was Simon, and he was a really lovely man. Uh, we found out later on that he was actually a uh, Christian, which was amazing because we just had no idea when we hired him. was very he had the most patience. like every 10 minutes I'd ask him, "Oh, like, you know, how, how long we got till the next <laughs> rest?" like <laughs> you know, can we stay like 10 more minutes at lunch, please and, he like, had to deal with this like, incessant like, complaining from me, and it was a result of like, the, what was running through my head the whole time. Um, and it got to a particularly bad point, and Simon, in the most gentle way, was turned around to me, and he's like, Joe, I just want you to sort of take, your, take your mind out of this, and just literally I want you to follow as close to me as you possibly can and put your feet in my footsteps. Um, this is a very like, literal um, description of the whole following Jesus thing, if you hadn't gotten that by now. But um, <laughs> he would walk, and shepherds, they know exactly how to walk to like conserve their energy and to keep um, going. Um, so I would walk so close to him, and I would put my feet exactly where he would put his feet, um, and in doing so, All my thoughts were just, okay, I've got to put my foot here. I've got to put my foot there. This is where he stood. This is where he stood. And it almost, like, it took my mind to a whole different place. I wasn't thinking about how, I was still thinking about how everything was hurting, but, like, very much less so um, because I was just so dedicated to stepping where he was stepping, Um, and I made it um, to the top and to the bottom, and yeah, I'm, I'm here and it was amazing, uh, amazing experience. But I really remember that uh, kind of aspect of it. And so I was thinking this week um, about that and about the running narrative that we all have in, uh, in our heads. Every day when we go about our day, whether it's to sit down at work or like sit down with a friend, we're, we've got voice, like a voice in our heads um, that's sort of narrating the whole experience. It could be if you're with someone boring, oh, this is so boring. Now, if you're in a meeting, you know, when's this meeting gonna be over? I can't believe I work in this dead-end <laughs> job. You've got this yeah. <laughs> narration running through your head, right? Um, and this last week, back at work, I realized that I was becoming very attuned to this narration and a lot of the times it wasn't positive, And a lot of the times it didn't um, match up with my hope for 2017, which was fresh, light, and unburdened. Most of the time it was stale and heavy and <laughs> very burdened. Um, and I realized that I had become so, yeah, I would become so dependent on this narration that had been going through my head. And I realized that it's, it's, it's not the truth. The truth is that our narration in our heads it doesn't have to always be positive, but it does have to be ringing with hope and ringing with joy and ringing with you know the words of Jesus and and the fact that we are followers of Jesus and and we do get to take our mind off our own personal narration and we get to follow him and we get to follow very closely um, in his footsteps um, so yeah so that I think would sum up my hope for 2017 that I would silence the negative narration that goes about in my head and I would hopefully move towards lightening that burden and following Jesus and his very direct footprints. Yeah. That's it.
0: So when Aleem
2: asked me to do this. My first image about my hope for 2017 was of when, um, you know, pretty stereotypically, a, when a Mentos hits a Coke bottle and it spews out all this foam, right, and it explodes. And I, we just watched Wreck-It Ralph. Has anyone seen Wreck-It yes. Ralph? <laughs> okay. And there's this scene where the Mentos falls in and it goes when all this foam spews out and it's like, wow, you know. Not that, um, not that the image of spewing stuff is that great and the explosive part is a bit much, but I like the image of the, the foamy stuff slowly leaking down the mountain and it looks really cool and all that sort of stuff. So my idea was that um, we would be a family who would overflow our love onto other people around us. That's what my hope for 2017 is, um, and like the reality of that is not so rosy, and it's um, it's uh, it's a fluctuating level of vice and turmoil and joy, <laughs> is one way of putting it, and um, and I see I'd, I'd love it if we could get to the point where if someone says something in the house, everyone goes yeah yeah or you know yeah you, you're allowed to have that thought or, but what we do tend to do is kind of similar to what you were saying Dion is that we. We kind of try to curb each other or not agree or have a totally polar opposite opinion. So we kind of get in these moments of war when it's just someone who said, Well, I like blah, blah, you know? It's it gets <laughs> the, the, the family. So, um, and, and uh, family can sometimes do that to each other, right? Especially. So, my hope for 2017 is that I want to spend less time in front of a screen we do that too much. I, I know, ironically, Kristen, that's right. I want to spend more time together. I, I want to feel like it's safe to share ideas and thoughts in our home, in the community, whatever it is. Um, I want to be simple, and some say I already am. And I want to be outside more. Uh, and like Pope Francis has written an encyclical called Laudato Si, which uh, he speaks about our challenge as Christians to care better for the earth. Like if we believe that, uh, that God is the creator and he's made the earth, then the way we treat the earth should reflect how we feel about the artist who we, we say we love. So I, I want to tread more, more carefully on the earth in the decisions we make even with our money or time, whatever else. And I want to be docile. We see docility as something negative, Uh, we see docility as weak but the definition of docile is uh, to be easily managed or handled, tractable like a docile horse, which you know is a bit odd but anyway, or readily trained or taught to be teachable, so to be easily led and to be teachable, that's what I would like to be for God, with God in my life. Um, And I'm I'm a home mum, so I I used to compare myself to everyone else and go, well, you know, these guys are doing that and, you know, these people are doing these amazing things. What am I doing? What's my purpose? You know, was I even useful to God with my everyday mundane life? And I've had a lot of revelations since then, you know, that I believe that God really loves the simple stuff. And he wants to be involved in all of it with me, even if I'm shopping for food which, as you can imagine, is a lot of the time. (laughs) So many times the Holy Spirit asks me to pick up something from the shop and I think, nah, we got that. You know, I know we've got plenty of that. And then I get home. I don't listen, right? I get home and I realise that we've just run out of the stuff that the Holy Spirit told me to get, but I decided not to get it because I didn't listen, which is really annoying. And then I want to slap myself. So I want to be a better listener in 2017. I drive a Tarago right? it's a minibus, and on my many taxi driving exploits, I feel the Holy Spirit say to me, see that person there, I want you to pray for them, oh okay, so I'll be driving along and I'll start praying over this stranger and they'll they'll never have any idea that some slightly crazy woman in this Tarago driving past is actually (laughs) praying over them But the Holy Spirit does that kind of stuff to me. And that's the kind of stuff I feel like the Holy Spirit likes. That he likes it simple and heartfelt and he likes it um, spontaneous. So my road to conversion wasn't a magic wand slapping, you know, experience like Saul Paul had. It was slow and laborious and it took years. And it it took years to be molded into a better version of myself and it's a lifetime's work in progress Being still and peaceful and shutting up for long enough to absorb something poignant from God is a thing I'll be working on till I take my last breath. So in my 20s I got given a book and it was called Words from God and uh, it was written by a kid called Matthew Kelly and one night as he was climbing into bed he was listening to his stereo and he felt this um, urge to turn it off and he just ignored it. And then he put his headset back in. He felt that really strong urge again. He just went, nah, you know, and ignored it again. And the third time he's gone, right, something must be happening. So he knelt down beside his bed and he felt God speak to him. And so began many months of receiving personal messages from his heavenly father. And one of the most profound messages that has lingered with me all these years is speak less, listen more, smile and trust in me, your heavenly Father. Too many words get us into trouble. A genuine smile can pull your heart out of a pit. A listening ear can calm and heal. And my hope for 2017 is to speak less and listen more. I most likely will struggle because I don't always know how to shut up, but I'm going to make time to pray and listen. That's it.